This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Sublime providence, divine providence, is now a town that everyone esteems. The new providence, it's true providence, is finally the city of our dreams. Buddy. Our top story today, December 6th, 2002. Buddy checks in. I'm here at the front gate of the federal prison where former mayor of Providence, Rhode Island, Vincent A. Cianci Jr., better known as Buddy, is expected to surrender himself by noon today to serve his five-year, four-month term. The show opened with Buddy standing in front of the prison, his back to the audience, just a light on him. And then the newscaster started to interview the various citizens of Providence, the denizens of the area. His constituents. On the streets of the city, reactions to the former mayor's incarceration were, to say the least, mixed. Going to jail, of course I'm sad. He was the best damn mayor we ever had. They made up a charge and they tried him and sentenced him. But the Fed couldn't really prove a damn thing against him. Visionary, visionary buddy. Call him a mayor. He's just a little thug, nasty little gangster, with a crappy little rug. And at the end of the day, you can't run a city with a bad toupee. Bad for Gary. There's three different people who represent three different points of view on Buddy. One is that he was totally set up. Uh, one is that he's a total thug. He's, he's the worst thing that ever happened to Providence. And one that, uh, yeah, he's a thug, but he doesn't care because of the great things he's done for the city. Well, in my opinion, it's a pity. Look at all the great things he's done for the city. Before he took office, this town was a mess. Do I think he's guilty? Probably yes. We don't care. We don't care, buddy. I'm Mike Tarantino. I wrote the music and some of the words to Buddy Cianci, the musical. And I'm Jonathan Van Giesen. I wrote the book and the rest of the words to Buddy Cianci, the musical. Going to jail, of course I'm sad. It was the best damn mayor we ever had. They made up a charge and they tried to sentence him. Today on Crime Town, we're going to have a little fun with a holiday special. In 2003, two Brown University alumni created a musical about Buddy Cianci. It was performed six times at the New York Fringe Festival. The Fringe Festival, the New York Fringe Festival at that point, had just sent Urinetown to Broadway. So there was this... This That's whole right. bunch of possibility, like you could write a musical about P and then you'd be on Broadway. And we thought, <laughs> you know what's better than P is Buddy Cianci. <laughs> <laughs> 
Unfortunately, no recordings were made of those performances, so we called some of our friends who worked in musical theater and asked them to help us resurrect this forgotten musical classic. I'm Mark Smerling. And I'm Zach Stewart-Pontier. Welcome to, to Buddy C.N.C. The Musical. Buddy! 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 So, um, you know, tell us why Providence, Rhode Island. Well, we both went to school at Brown because who knows why anyone goes to college. I mean, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Mike and I met there and became friends. And uh, Providence was a, a ghost town back then. There was, I, I, I kid you not, I was walking through the downtown area on a weekend and I saw a tumbleweed roll by. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where the canals are now was a trickle of sump water, like it apparently stunk. There was, it just ran through and there was a stench where you walked over it. That stinky sliver of water had been trickling through downtown Providence since way before John and Mike went to college, even before Buddy ran for mayor. After the musical's opening number, the lights go down, and we go back in time to a city in need of a savior. The song was... The sweaty armpit, the sleeves and smart pit, we'll do your armpit, eggplant and parmpit, back to the armpit of New England. You're the kind of Joe that likes to drive. Ain't that swell? Interstate, you'll take us 95. What the hell? Here's the way you'll know that you've arrived. By the smell of the armpit of New England. Just a railway yard. Mayor's hoisted by his own baton. That's the norm. The movie theater's showing hard. That's the armpit of the way, Glenn. It was a great way of setting up the town as the song. And then when we looked at the map, visually it looks like it's going to stick right there in the armpit of it's where you would put the deodorant. Between Connecticut and Massachusetts. Look and see. Every map will tell you that's the truth. It must be hard to argue geographic proof. Visually, it's the armpit of New England. Do you remember first hearing about Buddy C.N.C.? You know, I don't. I guess by the time I got to college, I already knew about him, but I don't remember the first time I heard about him. I remember the first time I met him. Tell me. This was, I think, my senior year, and a friend of mine was having this party, and so he invited Buddy C.N.C., who showed up. And this is just a college party? Just a college party. You know, it was this gag. You're at college. You invite the mayor to your party. Of course you do. We were there at this house party, and there, there walks in with his entourage, Buddy Cianci, you know, goes around the room, hey, how you doing, how you doing? Hey, how you doing over there? Hey, nice shirt. I like that shirt. Oh, who's that on your shirt? Good to see you. Hey, how you doing? All right, bye. I think that's what got him elected so many times was his willingness to go to pretty much anything he was invited to. Did you guys ever shake his hand? I did, twice. Yeah. Yeah, one might call that the formative moment. Right, exactly. That was the moment where this... <laughs> Stuck in my head. It was, that was the, the uh, musical moment. Yeah. 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 I did not get to shake his hand. This song, May I Shake Your Hand, takes Buddy into politics. Remember, the first time he ran for mayor, he was an unknown, up against a well-oiled democratic machine. This whole friggin' system is going awry. The city needs a change, and I'm just the guy to ram some reform right through the rotten spleen of this dirty, stinking, sad, corrupt political machine. This is before he was the guy that everybody knew. 
And so he would go up to people and say, may I shake your hand? And sometimes they would and sometimes they wouldn't. <laughs> the city is an onion and I'm the next layer. I got a big surprise for all the naysayers. The game is on and there's a new player. I'm Buddy Cianfi. I'm running for mayor. May I? May I shake? May I shake your? May I shake your hand? The record clearly shows that the incumbent to call him crooked would be redundant. He's just as bad as bad as Watergate. Oh, that's right. He ran his first campaign. He was the anti-corruption candidate. Yeah. That was the... That's what I was talking about, irony. Yeah. Yeah. That's... We didn't know about that back when we wrote this. <laughs> we didn't know about irony for some reason. We've looked it up since. The city is an onion and I'm the next layer. I got a big surprise for all the naysayers. The game is on and there's a new player. I'm Buddy Cianci. I'm running for mayor. May I? May I shake? May I shake your... May I shake your hand? Good evening, Providence, with most districts in. We can make our projections about who will win. Taking the office by the seat of his pants, we predict our new mayor is Buddy CNC. The game is on and there's a new... There was the s slick, smooth politician, you know, on the streets. And then there was the sort of like more arrogant, powerful sort of in the back room deals. And then there was the absolute, you know, psychotic lunatic <laughs> that comes out later. You You know, I'm sure once he got to office, he found that all the, all the stuff that he was, thought he was gonna get done, yeah, um, wasn't gonna get done necessarily. Was gonna and, do him, and uh, I think it was pretty quick after he got elected that he he gave up on those particular values that he espoused in his campaign. We we had a whole song about that. Yes. the Department of Public Works, uh, which was setting up all the, all the things the that shenanigans, the shenanigans that yeah. buckles in blackjack. He's an actual guy's name, Buckles and Blackjack. I mean. <laughs> if they put that on the application, you got to pause for you, a second. You, you look at it and you say, uh, should I hire these guys? And then you say, yeah, I'm hiring these guys. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when you sent me this one and I was about to send it back and I said, yeah, it's a waltz. <laughs> and you were like, no, it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's a funny waltz. It's a funny waltz. Yeah. Funny waltz. As waltzes go. We always bring on the best man for the job So how can you say it's a flaw When the man for the job just so happens to be a contributor's brother-in-law But say they know someone who can't get a job Cause he don't know what working's about So there they are, they're giving jobs to people who don't show up The Department of Public Works I think was like the 
the prime job to get because you had access to all these materials. You'd buy them for cheap, steal them, and then charge the city twice as much for half the merchandise. Yeah. We're finding new ways to help each guy get paid, regardless of whether he works. Explain to me, please, about missing construction materials all around town. I wouldn't know nothing about that, Mr. Mayor. I'll see if the stuff can be found. We hear concrete's getting stolen. I I never heard nothing about that, Mr. Mayor. Just ridiculousness. Body is you. That's bullshit. I'm always a model employee. Beside nothing's ever been proved. The fact that it worked for so many years, the, I don't know, where where did that seven billion tons of concrete go? I don't know. If you ever get stuck, you can make a quick buck. Cause we concrete is one of the perks. Woo! The Department of Public Works. Yeah. The Department of Public Works. The Department of Public. A public. A public. The Department of Public Works. That's the ticket. Ah, corruption is fun. He was started to establish himself as mayor. And uh, um, we started to get into his marital troubles, which happened in the second and third terms, where, you know, the rumors had it. He was he was not um, he was not a gentleman who enjoyed a particular affinity for fidelity to his spouse. His wife's name was Sheila. But when we were in school, the legend was that he married a woman named Nancy Ann. Yeah. And so her name was Nancy Ann Cianci. That was whatever and said her name was. And it was fun to say. Um, in fact, there was we, we did have a song earlier where he's wooing his wife uh, and singing to her, Will You Be My Nancy Ann Cianci? I love that. <laughs> Don't you know I'm not a fancy man? But if you want to take a chance, you can. Be my one and only Nancy Ann. My Nancy Ancy Ancy. Yeah, that was a fun, dumb song. So he woos her and then, you know, of course, becomes embroiled in the power and having fun and... Um, some reports say he was doing some drugs at that point. Um, and so he gets all hyped up. He decides that his wife is having an affair with his best friend. I don't know how well he knew the guy actually, but, and so, uh, kidnaps the guy and takes him to his house. And there's that famous, he throws an ashtray at him. He throws a cigar at him and, uh, demands hundred thousand dollars, something like that. This was one of Buddy's lowest moments, a night that he kidnapped and tortured a man in his own home, a castle-like structure on Power Street. We never wrote a song about that scene. We wanted to, but we never got that one done. I thought that was a conscious choice. Was it? To keep it, like, that was... To pretty, keep it heavy? Pretty dark, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like was, I feel not... like we'd make a different choice 15 years later. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, that could be a great... He kept saying, D-E-D, dead. You're dead. D-E-D, dead. Oh, and really? that's the, yeah. Oh, we got to write that song. All right, let's do it. I've got the, I've got the chorus. It goes, D-E-D, dead. <laughs> D-E-D, dead. <laughs> I threw I an ashtray at your head. You're D-E-D, dead. No, that's not good. That's not good. Oh, my God. Um, and so that brought us to the end in, in, in the show. That brought us that particular scene and his, the subsequent uh, 
Did he resign? He resigned from office. Resigned, took his Knox pled right. no low contendere. No low contendere. That we also That's considered a song. we considered a song That's called a No Low Contendere. <laughs> I don't think we ever wrapped our minds around it, but I can assure you I did not. <laughs> there were so many roads you could have gone down. So many more attractive avenues. So we wrote a song for Nancy Anciancy where she's talking about different streets and how it's a metaphor for their lives. But I should have known the hour that you picked a house on power, that power was the only path you choose. Some people love power, but most people just live off hope, which is all streets in Providence. That's her swan song, leaving him, walking out the door. Why couldn't we attempt to build on friendship? It didn't always have to be this way. We wouldn't be the first if we had tried to live off hope. And not dead-ended where we are today. So Act One ends. He's out of power after his first three terms. Once you've reached the heights of power, stop and breathe the air. And take a moment to reflect. It's all downhill from there. We'll be back for Act Two after intermission. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. We're halfway through Buddy Cianci the Musical with its creators, Jonathan Van Giesen and Mike Tarantino. We'll pick things up at the beginning of Act Two. It's 1990, and Buddy Cianci has made a surprise mayoral comeback. He's back in office, and he's starting to make improvements on the city. In your Providence, there's more Providence. Your chest swells till your shirt bursts at the seams. In time, Providence, divine Providence, is gonna be the city of our dreams. He starts work on Water Place Park, which, you know, was that rancid river we were talking about earlier, but now he's made it into a river with gondolas on it and water fires. All these improvements are making Providence into the, the vision, I think, that he has for it. This town you'd pass through and forget her Till someone made it better And body was the guy This 
town never be that way again It's got a gondola like Venice And he's the reason why The new Providence It's true Providence Is now a town that everyone has seen Sublime Providence Divine Providence Is finally the city of our dreams And that's when Aiken shows up He's the antagonist to Buddy's protagonist, I think, is the, you know. He's... Well said. Dennis Aiken, the FBI agent on a crusade to take Buddy down. We put him in a trench coat and, and hat that shattered his face. Let's situate you in the situation. The assignment that brings about our assignation. Here in the smallest state in the nation, the state of Rhode Island and Providence Plantations is the biggest corruption in all of creation. It's his big announcement of the name of the operation, which, I I mean, is one of the best names ever. Another thing you just couldn't make up. I know, right? Plunderdome. Plunderdome. Operation Plunderdome. Aiken's looking for someone to be his inside man in this organization. And so he finds Freitas. Tony Freitas, the undercover operative who wore a wire. Now, these guys are going to think you're stupid. You're going to let them. Nobody's going to think I'm stupid. Look, Tony, these are the kinds of guys that they already think you're stupid because of your accent. So, so just let them think. Yeah, yeah, but... If they think you're stupid, they'll tell you more. They'll explain things to you. That's how we'll get to them. Okay, let's get these cockroaches. Now, you'll need a code name. Your company does air conditioning. We'll call you Mr. Freon. Every admin in this administration is implicated in my implication. That is the reason I chose this location as an agent of the Bureau of Investigation. I am the man beyond up. Operation Plunderdome. Operation Plunderdome. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, how are you? Okay, buddy. Okay, buddy, who is this? Tony. <laughs> we had Freitas walk into this meeting with a briefcase on his shoulder that had a camera lens sticking out of it. So the visual was he's coming in, you know, and they're not noticing, of course, because they didn't. How they could not catch on that this guy was going like, so been doing any illegal activity lately? Do you have any illegal activity you'd like to mention? Testing, testing. Do you have any illegal? And I think it was was one of the funniest moments in the show was his sneaking around with this briefcase with a camera sticking out, a camera lens sticking out of the edge of it. Operation Blunderdome. As opening night approached in New York City, Mike and Jonathan put the finishing touches on the script and score, they painted the sets, they pieced together costumes, and they scoured the city 
for the one thing they just had to get right. We must have gone to a dozen different wig shops to find the perfect one. And this one we found, I think, in a remaindered box, like a remaindered wig box. And it was just a piece of molded plastic with amazingly Buddy's hair on top of it. That that sort of um, tortoise, tortoise-shaped. How would you describe that? Yeah. Sweep. I mean, it had a wave. Yeah. Right? Like a, or no, no, it didn't. Sorry. Clamshell. Mm, it looks like it's a clamshell. Mm, like helmet. a helmet. Yeah. Mm. Like a hair helmet. Yeah. <laughs> and it just looked, you know, it looked just real enough and just ridiculous enough to, to really sell the bad toupee. We had a big final moment where he's standing in front of the jail in Fort Dix and there's a spotlight on him and he sings his big final song. I'm your buddy, Providence. I'm your buddy, have been since I was born. 1941, I'm your native son. I'm your buddy. You really did get the feeling, even though you don't want to believe it, right? But you did get the feeling that he loved Providence and he wanted it to be great. He wanted it to be one of the great cities of the world. There's something lovable about that pride of place, you know, that love of the city. I'm your buddy, Providence. I'm your pal. Loved you like I never loved a gal. I raised you like my kid, and look at what you did to me, your buddy. Gave you my vision, you put me in prison. And maybe I made some mistakes. To make that damn point, they'll stick me in the joint. But I had what it takes. And then uh, he takes off his toupee. He leaves it on the ground and walks off into the darkness. And the toupee is sitting there in the spotlight to close out the show. To be your buddy. And how successful was it? In what way? (laughs) (laughs) During the 2003 Fringe Festival, Buddy Cianci the Musical did six sold-out shows at the Latea Theater. Afterwards, the cast did a reading of the musical for the Providence Performing Arts Center, or PPAC, to see if they might want to put on a production in Providence. But in the end, PPAC passed on the show, and it was never performed again. Artistically, you know, it, it was an interesting experiment for us. I wouldn't, you know, there's, in terms of the reviews, they were mixed. We had a couple really good ones, a couple really bad ones, and a couple that were like, eh, it, could, it could be with work. I think the, the best review I got was from Buddy himself, which was, uh, he never saw the show because he was in prison at the time. And uh, I went to see the documentary that uh, Cherry Arnold, is that her name? did about him, and he was there. He'd, he'd gotten out of prison recently. You know, I had to go up and say hi, of course. And I said, hi, I'm Jonathan Van Giesen. I've written a musical about you. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. 
I talked to Lynn over at uh, PPAC about it. He said it was unfixable. And I was like, I just got buddied, didn't I? I just got, that. he just cut my legs out from under me right there. I'm like, so I said that to Mike and Mike's response I thought was great. Yeah, it's totally fixable. <laughs> yeah, that Come was- on. <laughs> I, I disagree with Lynn from PPAC. <laughs> Crime Town is me, Zach Stewart Pontier, and Mark Smerling, in partnership with Gimlet Media. As the year draws to a close, we wanted to take a chance to thank our incredible team. You all do so much great work, and we really do appreciate it. Thank you for putting up with us. And to all you Crime Town junkies out there, from the entire Crime Town team, thanks for listening this year. As a small token of our appreciation, all the songs that you heard on today's show are available to download for free on our website, crimetownshow.com. Be careful, they're very catchy. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This episode was produced by Nikita Burdeen, Rob Zipko, and Austin Mitchell. Our senior producer is Drew Nellis. Editing by John White, Soraya Shockley, and M.R. Daniel. Buddy Cianci the Musical was written by Jonathan Van Giesen and Mike Tarantino. The Crimetown recordings of their songs were produced by Nikita Burdeen. They were arranged and recorded by Dan Wrights at Dan Wrights Studios. The cast included Michael Lutton as Buddy Cianci, Ali Reed as Nancy Ann Cianci, Christian Palak as Dennis Aiken, Nikita Burdeen as Tony Freitas, Brian Hansbury and Elizabeth Slack as Department of Public Works employees, and additional characters performed by Joe Leonardo, James Bruffy, Lane Kaderis, Kiki Mickelson, Matt Girovanu, Chris Bell, and Daniel Tepper. Dan Wrights played the keyboard, trombone, guitar, bass, and drums. Stefan Zeniak played the saxophone and additional horns. And Dan Brantigan played the trumpet. This episode of Crime Town was mixed by Kenny Kusiak. Our credit track this week is Rosaline Eastman's special holiday rendition of our theme song, Goats Run to Your Mama. Our ad music is by Matthew Boll. Thanks to Julia Haymans, Emily Wiedemann, Mike Stanton, Dan Barry, and everyone who shared their stories with us. Alex Bloomberg is the podfather. He would go up to people and say, may I shake your hand? Sometimes they would, and sometimes they wouldn't. And about next season, we have picked a city. We know you want to know what that city is. We are not going to tell you. Not yet, at least. Stay tuned.
Now you know I'm not a fancy man. You can see if you wanna take a chance, you can. You can be be my one and only Nancy Ann. Nancy 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 Nancy